The best time of the basketball calendar is here, and we finally know the Phoenix Suns opponent. On today's episode of Locked On Suns, we will give you our instant reactions, our first impressions of Suns Clippers in the first round. Let's go. You are Locked On Suns, your daily Phoenix Suns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back. This is Locked On Phoenix Suns. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Brendan Clean, a credentialed media member covering the Suns for the past six seasons, a writer at suns.com, and the host of the Just Basketball Show, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Suns your first listen to start playoff week. It is that time of year again after a very long season. Appreciate you all joining on, making this show a part of your routine as we get closer to game one. You can follow along wherever you find your podcast. Go ahead and hit follow or subscribe. Get the show in your feed every single Monday through Friday, five days a week. Although we might go bonus into the playoffs, there will be some weekend games that we'll have to get up to date on. So any of that sounds good to you. Stay locked on to your favorite team. All you got to do is hit follow or subscribe. You get it for free every single day. You can also follow along on YouTube. Drop a comment down below with your instant reactions on Suns Clippers and what should be an awesome series. Joining to break it all down for the very first time, an instant reaction is Brandon Duenas. He is a writer at Bright Side of the Sun. He is here as he is every single Monday. We're going to dive in uh, to the narratives, the big stories, the big frontline headline pages of, of what this series is going to be. I want to tell everybody first that today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. With the promo code locked on, that's pricepicks.com, promo code locked on. All right, Brandon, so let's go here. Uh, we'll get as many thoughts as we can here in this show to start the week off. My first one uh, question for you is, do the Clippers get any good basketball karma for not trying to avoid the Suns? I thought that was an interesting decision by them. They kind of controlled their own destiny in a way. I know there were a lot of other dominoes, but they played their guys. They decided, let's just try to win this game, even though winning meant playing the Suns. And now they get the hardest matchup in the first round, basically, that they could have had. And I wonder, I don't know if it decides anything about the series, but what did you think about their strategy on that? Um, I mean, I hope not, first of all. Um, but <laughs> if they do, you know, then they... They deserve it. I, I don't like the the whole sitting players thing towards the end of the year unless it's a back to back. So um, you know, kudos to them for doing that. But I'm just I'm just amped for playoff time. Like this is what we've been okay. waiting for all season long. Finally, um, you know this. Yeah, seriously, this, this, this has been one of the strangest seasons like we could ever recall as well. So um, there's a point where we were talking about tanking, uh, and I'm I'm not saying us, but like just the Suns. There was a, a portion yeah, of Suns yeah. Twitter that that was a real thing, and now we're sitting here. Uh, you know, with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker entering a playoff series. And, uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. And I'm, I'm glad to get the Clippers. Obviously, uh, you know, Paul George, his situation kind of changes the whole thing. But out of, you know, the, the potential teams, this is the team that I wanted most, as, as we discussed in the past. But that uh, do not mix that up with me saying that's going to be an easy series because it's definitely not. They're a tough team, a uh, very professional team filled with just straight up pros. Like that's just the best way to describe some of their vets. Um, they have good depth. And uh, Kawhi Leonard is terrifying, so it's going to be a battle for sure. Yeah, FanDuel odds on this game, on this series, sorry, um, 
Suns are minus 620 favorites. Feels insane. Um, game one. Well, they don't have game one odds, I don't think, but you can parlay game one in the series. Suns game one, Suns series is minus 250. Um, so the Suns are very heavy favorites. Oh, no, there is game one odds. Minus seven and a half in the money line, they're minus 330. I, I, I frankly think that um, don't, don't look at that if you're a Suns fan because you're going to feel, uh, as Monty would say, happy on the farm, and I don't think that's what this series is going to be. I was just interested in the, the karma stuff. Uh, karma for me, good karma for the Clippers would be you get Paul George back earlier as a result of, uh, of doing the right thing here, but I don't know. Obviously, uh, the universe is not something I have a, a good grasp of here, but um, <laughs> let's pivot to the stories here. I did like that the Clippers did that as well. They didn't do it two years ago, which was part of why it was on my mind. If you remember, they were one of the more egregious ones that season, and they ended up, it, it did work out for them. They ended up in the conference finals for the first time in conference his, in, in franchise history, and they got to play Utah instead of, you know, whoever else, and so it worked out. But um, interesting, we'll see what it, what it breaks down as. My next question for you, Brandon. Better storyline to you, KD versus Russell Westbrook or KD versus Kawhi Leonard? I think just from a relationship standpoint, obviously that you got to lean towards Westbrook, but in terms of just being a pure basketball fan, watching uh, two of the greatest wings of all time battle each other in a playoff series, like there's nothing that tops that. So for me, that's in quite starting to play like his old self uh, these last few games. I think he has like four straight games with 25 plus points. So he's starting to look like himself again. And uh, that's not good news for, for Suns fans. But if you're a fan of the game, just seeing two greats like that go at it, like you can't ask for anything better than that. They both scored 1.02 points per possession on isolations this year. They both, uh, let me see, Kawhi shot 46%. Durant shot 49%. Um, they both got to the line a ton off of those opportunities. So it's going to be, you know, one of the better battles of just two guys who are elite at getting to their spots and making shots from those spots two of the more unguardable half-court offensive players in the league when they are at their best I agree with you I uh but you know the casual basketball fan maybe somebody who's not a Suns fan or a Clippers fan for instance might really there might be some extra eyeballs on this because of that KD versus Russ dynamic we'll talk about Russ a little bit later I think in terms of really you know the specific X's and O's ways that he might impact or not impact the series the last part of this to me here, so there's the just the matchup, there's the KD versus his kind of rivals and, and past teammates part, and then it's injuries to me. And unfortunately, with the Clippers, that is always part of the story. Kawhi played a back-to-back -back this weekend. It seems like he is feeling good. He's been playing tons of minutes. So I'm not really even talking about him. We talked about Paul George. Seems like he's expected out for most of this series based on what Sham Sharania has said. I don't know if you saw this, Brandon, but he's apparently putting out an update on his own podcast uh, on Monday. He, he tweeted out that he's going to give us something, so we'll see. Probably have more to, to talk about on Tuesday's show then. And then Marcus Morris. He's missed the last seven games, but he's also just been very in and out of the lineup all year long. People might have different ideas of how valuable Marcus Morris is in 2023. He only played 65 games this year. He is a health risk. He hasn't played. This is actually the most he's played in three seasons. But if I, um, obviously the Paul George one matters more, but how do you think those things will affect the series? And I guess 
do you think that Marcus Morris is something that people that that Suns the coaches and everybody else need to be worried about at all if he comes back or doesn't come back does that change anything for you it changes things not significantly though. Um, I don't think it like, you know, moves the needle or anything, but I think obviously all eyes will be on Paul George, uh, which, you know, that's kind of the obvious thing, but, but Morris is uh, a solid role player that tends to have occasionally good games against the Suns that, you know, kind of irks Suns fans. So, um, you know, he's someone that and he's sort of that Jay Crowder role where he's sort of the enforcer and kind of, even if he's not really a tough guy, like he's, he's going to try to get in people's heads and he'll talk. So that's something uh, from just the on the court standpoint, the Clippers will need um, against the Suns to try to have an edge. And, and because I think the Suns are the more talented team with, with Paul George sideline. I think they have more talent, but the Clippers, um, they have a little more f- familiarity with one another, even though despite all their injuries as well, they still don't have, um, you know, great chemistry, but compared to the Suns, Russ, it's like I mean, Russ is new, like, right. Yep, exactly. So, and then just another storyline to add on is Chris Paul against his former team. Obviously, he's already played against them um, in 2021. So, but just going against that, that his former organization again, um, there's just, there, there's a lot of little storylines and tidbits throughout. Um, and yeah, I think this is, this is the first time that Westbrook and Durant have matched up in the playoffs as well. So that's, that'll be interesting. Yeah, this is one of Morris's worst seasons. And, you know, I think there's an argument to be made that he might be kind of on the downside of things, or it at least looks that way, he's kind of been progressively less and less impactful. So I'm not sure. I'll, I will talk about it in the next segment when the Suns are on offense. And I think there's a case to be made that Morris could be impactful just with defensive versatility and getting to, to bigger and, yeah. and, you know, kind of better maybe lineups on the Clippers side. The Paul George thing is interesting just because we don't know what to expect, even if he does come back. And this was a season for him where like almost everybody in the NBA, his jumpers were going in. Uh, but I know that you know his assists were down, and I know that a lot of Clippers fans just felt like he settled a lot. And I think that they've had that complaint against him for a while. Against the Suns the first time two years ago, he was incredible getting downhill. He lived at the free throw line. Um, and there was no Kawhi to balance anything out, and he, and he was still very good. He made Reggie Jackson a lot better, I think, and was able to really lift that team. If, if you get that Paul George in the playoffs and he's healthy, plus Kawhi, plus everything else, you know, you're really talking about what could be a very, very awesome series. Without that version of Paul George, even if he is back, but just not really himself or, you know, settling, not really, you know, being aggressive, I think the Suns would, would still be favored. Not quite what, what FanDuel is showing right now, which is kind of off the rails in my opinion, but still probably, you know, the favorites, especially with home court advantage. But let's talk about when the Suns are on offense and sort of what the Clippers might be able to do about them. Team that is not lost with Kevin Durant, in case anybody forgot. And uh, maybe some of how those matchups will break down first. Today's show brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks came in. They fixed daily fantasy sports in my opinion uh i don't really usually like daily fantasy sports because i feel like you're playing against people who are gaming the system people who are basically doing this for a living people who have you know some type of sharp insight that you don't have and you just feel screwed but prize picks fix that by taking the opponent completely out of it it is just you versus the prize picks player projections you pick two to six players and if they will have more or less than their projection in any given stat and you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry no competing against other people once again just you versus those projections they have them in every sport basketball football uh they even have Eurobasket, disc golf 
the fight game, soccer, all of it. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. They offer safe and fast withdrawals, and PrizePix is currently operational in over 30 states as well as Canada. Download the PrizePix app right now or go to prizepix.com to sign up and play this awesome daily fantasy sports game. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit matchup to $100 with the promo code Locked On. meaning if you deposit $100, PrizePix will give you $100 right back into your account. So don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up to take advantage and get that instant deposit match up to $100. All right, Brandon. So the Clippers finished 18th in defense this season. Uh, their their main strengths defensively, even though they were in the bottom half of the league, are they, they defensive rebound very well. Don't think the Suns really... Actually, the Suns, I don't know if you saw this. There's a little bit of a uh, tangent here, but we talked so much about the Suns' offensive rebounding preseason, and Monty made such a big deal about it. Torrey Craig's going to crash. Josh Okogie's going to crash, etc. Did you realize they finished top 10 in offensive rebounding? Like, that is a pretty big testament to... That's a, a pretty big adjustment to make and have it pay off over 82 games. Yeah, no, I did not know that. That's They're actually six. pretty impressive, too, just considering how small they are outside of, like, playing their center. They, they play a little bit smaller than, than most teams, and they don't have a ton of uh, traditional bigs, so... Yeah. That's that's super impressive and just a testament to the hustle that guys like Akogi and Craig have. And they don't miss a lot, right? Like that's one of the other parts of it too. I mean, too. they were 50 they were 22nd in effective field goal percentage, but that's also because they don't take a lot of threes. You know, you're talking about games with Durant and Booker healthy or with Paul and Booker both going or Bridges having a big game where, you know, the team's going to shoot over 50% from the field. So there's not exactly, you know, a lot of reps of like really crashing. Like a team like Houston has a high offensive rebound rate because their bigs can plan on missing. Like, you know what I mean? They know it's not going to go in because they have a bunch of chuckers on their team. So there's something to be said for that. So maybe that is a strength for the Suns uh, that the Clippers might be able to take away in this particular series. The other thing with the Clippers is they don't foul a lot. They have a pretty low uh, free throw rate for the opponent, meaning that they, they don't give up a lot of free throws. So I don't think the Clippers' defense is something I'm terrified of, but I also think it's a little bit hard to read because of how much upheaval and kind of in and out of the lineup that they always have, but that they had again this year. I'll ask you it this way, Brandon. So assuming Paul George does not play the whole series, let's just operate under that assumption because that's easier. Mm-hmm. What's the the best closing lineup that you would put out there, knowing that I think, in my opinion, the, the Clippers are probably going to try to lean defense with their lineups in this series because I don't really feel like they have the type of offense to just outscore the Suns you know, 140, 135 or something. I think that they will try to to close them down, shut them down a little bit. What is the best five-man unit that you would put out there if, if PG's not available to try to guard what the Suns do? The closing line for the Clippers or yes, for the Suns? for the Clippers. For, for the Clippers. Uh, in, that, in that case, I mean, I think it's, it's going to be, you know, all the obvious guys, Westbrook and, and Kawhi. Um, I think Roko's probably going to have a chance to, Roko and Batum, just because of their size and versatility, will have a chance as well. And if they want to go small, they can plug in, like you've mentioned, Marcus Morris uh, at the mm-hmm. five. But I think uh, Zubox, you know, presence down low has been huge for them in the past. And they really like to muddy it up a little bit. Like last season, or not last season, the 2021 playoffs, they held the Suns to uh, 102 points or less in three of those games. So that's yeah. um, a couple, there's an 86 point game and then like a, a 92 point game, I believe. So they, they really like to muddy things up. So like it would not shock me at all if the Clippers went with some funky lineup that's 
like you said, that focuses on defense because that's how they're going to beat the Suns is by slowing them down. They're not going to outscore the Suns. Um, they do have some nice veteran additions with, uh, you know, Eric Gordon coming off the bench. Him and Powell are guys we're going to have to, you know, contain. Um, but defensively, I'm not sure if they can last in closing lineups. So um, they do have a lot of options. That's one thing kind of similar to the Suns where they have um, a lot of options that are a little bit different, though. So it's um, it'll be interesting just to watch how each team decides to close. Yeah, I so I kind of I want to go. I will go back and watch the game right before uh, the trade deadline or before the all-star break after the trade deadline. So obviously Durant didn't play in that game, but Terrence Ross did play. That was his debut, if I'm remembering correctly. And then, you know, uh, Akogi and Craig both started, but Booker and Paul and, and eight, everybody was healthy for the Suns and everyone was healthy, healthy for the Clippers. And Zubats was a plus two in 29 minutes in that game. I really want to go back and watch that one and just kind of see how they guarded the pick and roll for the Suns and why Zubats was able to be a positive. Because you would think with him dropping into the paint, which is what he does, because he's not a super athletic player, he's not a switchable player, all that, um, that they would just sort of, you know, pour in jumpers over him. And Paul and Booker were a combined 8 of 24 from the field. So it could just be that they did take those jumpers in the uh, attacking the drop and he just missed them. I don't know. I don't remember exactly, but... That'll be the determining factor on if he plays. The lineup that I came up with is Terrence Mann, who I just don't understand why he doesn't play more ever. I'll, I'll never understand. Um, they, he was playing incredibly, and then they went and got Russell Westbrook. I don't, I don't get it. Um, yep. Terrence Mann, Eric Gordon, Kawhi Leonard, Marcus Morris, and then I had Batum or Zubats, although you could put Batum in for mm -hmm. Morris and then still have Zubats, whatever. Those three guys are kind of interchangeable, but Mann, Gordon, yeah. Kawhi was where I came down. And I really think Eric Gordon is going to be a big X factor in this series. I think he's the type of guy that if he's really, you know, physically right, which I don't think we have any reason to think he's not, he's been playing pretty well as a Clipper again the, mm -hmm. this time. Um, Durant does struggle. I mean, as much as he can against guys who can kind of get under him. Like Chris Paul has said that Chris Paul used to be the guy to do that. And, you know, if you're kind of pushing under him, getting in his space, getting him off of his spots when he is isolating and when he is posting up, I think that you can that you can do that. And so then Eric Gordon becomes this guy that can guard Paul Booker and Durant and becomes a very valuable piece, especially because we know he can score on the other end. Um, he feels like one of the only guards on this team that can do that can be good on both ends of the floor. And I just think he could end up being really, really valuable to them for that reason. More than Russell Westbrook is, you know, Terrence Mann's an offensive liability in some situations, and Bones Island isn't much of a defender at all. I'm not sure if he'll even play. So Gordon feels really important to me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's a good call on Mann. I think his his versatility um, and his disruption, just we've seen it in the past uh, against the Suns, what he can do. And, uh I think Gord I think you're right. I think Gordon's probably going to end up being the most likely guard to be closing out of that group just because he could space the floor and he's just he may not be a super athletic or like mobile defender but he's just like you mentioned he's just smart and strong and like has those quick hands he'll he'll bother people um so he can survive. That's that's kind of the Clippers whole defensive plan is they just they they work as a unit and they're great with communication and I I just call them just a group of professionals. Uh, to start the show, that's just the best way to describe They're them. There's so many vets too. that are smart. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's really um, 
I think they're they're probably only going to have one guy that's going to you know not be able to space the floor on the court at all times. That's in a closing lineup, um, you'd think, but maybe zero. Um, like you said, the, the exactly, yeah, it just comes down to that drop coverage with um, their bigs. So that's the Suns need to exploit that early. And um, I think this is this series has DeAndre and written all over it. Um, you know, he's the X factor. Um, I think this could also be a huge uh, series for Josh Kogi. This is, I, I said it, I think when we kind of quickly previewed stuff uh, a couple weeks back that, you know, if the Suns wind up playing the Clippers, Kogi and Torrey Craig are the two guys I think will be kind of the, the unsung heroes because they're going to need that versatility on the wing and just activity on the glass. Yeah, I want to get into when the Suns are on defense where I think those guys especially will be helpful. A couple more things on the, mm-hmm. on the Clippers uh, on the Suns being on offense, the Clippers guarding them. Um, I, I This is where I do think Morris could be interesting because if he's healthy, especially with George out, I think he probably would start, and I could see him probably being the guy that guards Durant in the opening minutes of games. And that just makes things a little easier for the Clippers because then you can have Kawhi probably guarding Booker. Um Gordon maybe guarding Paul, maybe Russ guards Paul. I don't know how much teams are going to see Chris Paul as a threat right now. We're used to seeing Chris Paul get you know a lot of adjustments made to stop him. That hasn't really been the case this season quite as much, so I don't know. Um, but Morris would help them with that, I think, because they, they they, they've been starting Batum because Morris has been out. I guess they could keep doing that, and he could be an option on Durant. But... They need Kawhi on the guards, I think, is is basically my point there because they don't really, like we just went through, have a lot of guys who can guard Chris Paul or Devin Booker for a long period of time outside of Kawhi. So anyway, mm-hmm. if I asked you to start games because we know they'll have Russell Westbrook, who does he guard? Do you think they just put him on Chris Paul? I think so. Or they might just hide him on Kogi or whoever that, that fifth starter is, uh, yeah. whether it's Craig or Kogi, just kind of hide him in the corner. Um, it, it really depends on what the Suns do as well. That's why I think someone like Ish Wainwright uh, could could be a factor in this series due to all the small ball lineups. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's that's another name to, to look out for just to counter a Morris lineup. So there's um, like you've already kind of like gone through and broke it down. There's a lot of schematical um, adjustments each coach is going to have to make on the fly. And I think with uh, some of the experiments Monty did um, these these past few weeks, some of them didn't make sense at the time, but maybe uh, you know. In hindsight, some of some of those lineups could start to make a little, a little bit more sense as we get uh, closer here to the playoffs. Yeah, it's a good call on Wainwright because I do feel like he can be the the Clippers aren't necessarily like long outside of Covington, who mm-hmm. they barely play, and obviously Kawhi and Paul George. They don't have like you know they're not the Raptors. They're big, like physically strong. I guess Batum's a, a longer guy too, but between Gordon and Morris and Zubats and you know, even Kawhi, it's, it's really like bulk and size and they try to be physical and, you know, strong against you more so than they really do. So Wainwright and TJ Warren, to me, honestly, too, are two guys who, who could be, you know, particularly useful in this type of a matchup. All right, let's go to when the Suns are on defense. We'll talk about the Clippers offense, how the Suns can contain them and more of some of this lineup gymnastics first today's show guys brought to you by ultimate basketball GM. It is the coolest game that we all are really nerding out about, honestly, among Locked On Basketball hosts here because we all talk about this stuff daily and uh, we know you listen to it and love it daily as well. And so if you've ever had the thought, fantasize about managing your own basketball franchise, maybe you want to go a little below 
a little beyond fantasy. This is uh, every single aspect of a franchise is in your hands. Playing through seasons, leading your franchise and fans to glory as you try to build a dynasty. In the simulation, you're responsible for dealing with challenging personalities, hiring the right coaches and assistants, trading and training players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft, and all the ups and downs of multiple seasons at a time. Uh, people have been, I think a couple guys have won a championship on our staff into the 2030s. So it did take them a little while, but they got there. Ultimate pro basketball GM is completely free and playable offline play on the go as you want. And when you want locked on sons, listeners can get a free 100% boost to their franchise when using the promo locked on in the game store. Make sure to check that out. Download the game by visiting probasketballgm.com. scan the code on their website, or look it up in your favorite app store. That's probasketballgm.com. Ultimate Basketball GM, start your dynasty today. All right, Brandon, so let's go quickly through the Suns on defense here. The Clippers were 22nd in offense this season, and that is also one that I don't feel like fully tells the truth because of some of the inconsistencies and ups and downs. But maybe, you know, it's 82 games. Maybe that is just who they are. Their strengths on offense, I feel like, are they get to the line and they make tough shots. And, you know, based on who their best players are, that should come as no surprise. Um, I don't necessarily know what to make of, of this team because their offense is pretty simple. Like, they, you know, under Ty Lue, it's been, you know, get guys in their spots and just kind of let them try to make tough shots. Like, they don't run a lot of complex scheme and system and... It's just, you know, are our best players going to be able to attack? And I guess with that 22nd number, that hasn't been the case much. What are you watching for when the Suns try to contain this Clippers offense? I think the main thing is just avoiding having any weak links on the court defensively, because that's one thing the Clippers have, I think, done a good job of just uh, attacking that weak link, trying to get that isolation with one of their wings. Um you know, whether it be, you know, Chris Paul just due to size or, you know, someone like a, just for example, like a Terrence Ross or, you know, campaign, just trying to get Kawhi in isolations with those guys. So that's kind of where I look at last year's, or I keep saying last year, but 2021's playoff uh, game. You're just ignoring 2022. You're just pretending like it yeah, didn't happen, just, which I don't blame you for. <laughs> PTSD. Uh, so just trying to block all that out. But but yeah, dating back to the 2021 series where uh, you look at the, there was a rotations, those first two games without Chris Paul, there are eight guys deep They're you know, they're starters that we are, we obviously know. And then you have, you look back, it's Dario Saric, Torrey Craig, and each one more were the three guys that got uh, minutes off the bench. And I think that's similar to what their rotation will look like uh, against the Clippers this time around. Uh, there could be some more experimenting where, whether it's Shamit or Payne in the guard spot, uh, and then Craig will probably assume his same role there. And then, for the bigs, is it going to be Jock? Is it going to be Ish? Uh, will it be Bismack if he's healthy? Um, there's questions there, but um, defensively, it's really just going to come down to eliminating any weak links uh, and just when they do isolate them, send help and just communicate as a team. So it's, it's really just going to come down to communication defensively for the Suns. I think those are all good calls. The pace, uh, the Clippers had the a bottom 10 pace this season. They used uh, like 15 seconds off the clock on average per possession. And all that stuff is pretty jumbled. There's only like one and a half seconds separating the slowest and the fastest teams. But just shows they're not exactly going to push in transition. Even, you know, with Russell Westbrook, they haven't 
necessarily hit the accelerator all that much. And so that would be a, a way to get some easy shots, but they've basically never really been the type of team to do that under Ty Lue. And obviously with Kawhi being the way that he is, that's a player that wants to slow things down. Speaking of Kawhi, I think that's where my mind really goes when you talked about weak links and just communicating and everything else. Like, And, and honestly, the PTSD, uh, I think, will, <laughs> will factor into the point that I'm about to make. Like, We all remember Luka Doncic singling out Chris Paul, getting him on yep. the switch, and I mean, any number of things are bad about that situation. One, Chris Paul's not going to probably be able to stop that player. Two, you're potentially going to get Chris Paul into foul trouble. Three, he might get hurt because he's 5'11 and, you know, older. All these things are bad outcomes. And I do feel like Kawhi's not a post-up guy, so it's a little less dangerous than Luka in, in that some of those other parts. But he's not going to stop Kawhi Leonard, and he's going to have an eight-inch disadvantage against Kawhi Leonard. That feels like a recipe late in these games where the Clippers could get a leg up. Is just... Kawhi's going to set have, you know, Russ or whoever Paul is guarding come set a screen, and then he's just going to go to work, use a bunch of time, and just try to muck the game down, like you said, with those low-scoring matchups in the last series. Well, Kawhi didn't even play, but Paul George did a lot of that same stuff. So I don't know how to f- solve for that. You know, a lot of these games are just going to be, okay, well, we have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, so you can do that, we'll do our thing, and may the best man win. But I could see Chris Paul getting uh, abused a little bit. 100%. And that's that's the reason why I think a point book lineup, especially against the Clippers, makes a lot of sense. And it could be something we see if that becomes an issue. Uh, but I, I think having Kevin Durant as a weak side uh, rim protector is going to come in handy just for moments like that, where it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they didn't have that against Luka. They didn't have that, uh, you know, in their 2021 run either. It's just having uh, a second seven footer on the court really does change the whole dynamic of the game. And uh, it may not be visible like to, to the naked eye, but it's if you're on the court playing, trust me, you feel the presence of having two seven footers out there. So uh, I think that's that's one area where it could uh, that team defense and communication will be huge. And with the limited reps, it's tough to perfect that. But I think it's really just a matter of containing Kawhi the best you can make him take tough shots. He'll make some. That's just what he does. But just uh, make him work defensively as well, because if he's you know, if you're going to have Kawhi try to guard you know, Booker and, and KD like throughout the game. And he's also the, the engine offensively. That's a huge workload to put on a guy. So mm-hmm. try to exhaust him and, you know, cut out the, the rest of the snake. You know, no, Powell just scares me because he's the type of guy that just always goes off against the Suns. Um, yeah, so, it's, you know, him it's and hard. I was, I was, I wanted to talk about some of that, but I don't, I don't know what to expect with campaign. If, if that injury is real, if he misses any time, it, it doesn't seem serious, but we haven't gotten anything concrete, but yeah, bench scoring would be, it could be a pretty big advantage for the Clippers, depending on how health and rotations and everything break down. That wasn't really the case last time because it was like Luke Kennard, you know, coming off the bench for, for the Clippers. They were just so injured by that point and they were thinned out and everything else. So um, it, it, that yep. could swing it. Um, you're right. I have one one last question for you before we get out of here. Um, mm. Who scores more points per game in this series, Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant? I'm gonna go with KD. I think uh, I think he's gonna come prepared for the playoffs, and he's gonna have a legendary series. I think it's gonna be one of those vintage KD series where uh, he wins over some Suns fans. Like I mean, every Suns fan already loves him, but this is like in those key moments where. You need a bucket late in games and the Suns haven't like, obviously they had the Mavericks game. They had a couple late game situations and games that didn't matter, but 
that's why I think the Clippers are such a great test is they're going to have those moments and it's the pressure is going to be on. It's going to be a tight game. That's why you got Kevin Durant. And that's why I feel good about this series. Um, because if, if Booker's not having a great night, uh, you know, you have a bailout option that can literally get whatever shot he wants, whenever he wants. And that's just something the Suns, any team in the league will desperately take that, uh, obviously. But the Suns have needed any type of shot creation outside of Booker for so long. And now to have it to the highest degree, it just it changes everything. So I'm just really excited uh, to see how these two like work off one another. And there's going to be a lot of learning on the fly. There, there's going to be some growing pains as they still figure out how to play off each other and, and all that good stuff. But I think uh, this is going to be a great test. And if they can get past this first round with some momentum, um, you know, that's that's where the fun really starts. Lakers round two after they beat uh, the Nuggets, right? Um, you know, they might get seven, two. actually. Uh, so maybe not, but we'll see. Uh, it's going to be a long week of waiting, but I am very excited as well. Durant in a Suns uniform in the playoffs. It is what we've been waiting for since the trade happened. Another chance for Booker and Paul to, to kind of make good on the promise that they've shown and uh, another chance for the Suns to get their first championship. We are, we are in that time of year, and it is going to be fun. Uh, hit followers, subscribe if you like what you're hearing, guys. Make Locked on Suns your first listen every single day. I'll be back Monday night, Tuesday morning with uh, another new show. One more ounce, little layer, little level of preview content for all of you. Maybe we'll get some of these injury updates as we go. And you can look forward to that. In the meantime, go make Locked on NBA your second listen. Follow everything else going on around the league. Coaching changes, playoff matchups, all of it. That show's available on all podcast platforms as well. And I will catch you guys tomorrow.